Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest? And this episode today is going to be the continuation of one that we did a few weeks ago about screening tenants and there are five steps. And so I wanted to talk about step number two today. And so there's not gonna be an interview, there's not gonna be a guest, it'll just be me talking about my screening process for finding the very, very best tenants and ensuring that you don't get a tenant that is a huge issue on your hands. So we talked about step one, which was the advertising and I use Kijiji in Canada. You guys might use Craigslist if you're listening to this from the US, but essentially let's just say they matched all of your initial step one criteria. You're going to actually have a handful of them that have met all of the criteria that you look for. So answered all the questions and met what exactly you are looking for and it is careful just careful not to discriminate on the stuff but once you decide that you have a handful of tenants that you or prospects that you want to reach out to the step two process i do personally is a phone screening so that is where i call the actual applicants on the phone for about 10 minutes and I like to feel them out and figure out if this person is going to be a potential right fit or not. It really is a way to screen people out, in my opinion, more than to screen them in. And even from this step, you're going to have a lot of people that you realize mm, probably not the right fit for you. Because keep in mind, if you let them in, you give them the keys, it is so much harder to get them out afterwards, especially in Ontario. So it is really, really important to not allow every single person to see the property until you do at least the first two steps. So this is step number two. So here's what I do. So what I'll do is I will call the prospect for a 10 minute call and I'm going to get to know them a little bit better before booking a time to show them the property. So at this point, I'm actually still anonymous. So I'm, I'm going to block my number or my phone so they don't see who is calling. Because again, if I choose that I do not want them renting my unit or seeing it at this point, they have no way to reach me. So when I do call them, just if you guys are doing the same thing, block your number. Voicemails. If you guys get a voicemail, you call them and they don't answer. I would just leave them a voicemail saying that I'll call them back at a certain time, but I don't actually give them my number or my name. I like to keep that piece in control. I like to stay in control of the whole situation. So if there's no reply, I can also leave them a note on Kijiji or Craigslist, just letting or asking them when a good time is to call back. However, if their voicemail sounds really unprofessional or the answer and they're like super rude, I'll actually just hang up and not even bother calling them back which actually happens once in a while people's voicemails guys if you are a tenant listening to this keep a voicemail professional at all times so what i'll do when i do get somebody on the phone i will ask them obviously if it's a good time to talk and if it is i'll let them know i need about 10 minutes so what i'll do is i'll introduce myself i'll let them know what my name is usually just a first name and i'm calling regarding a property that they replied to if there's a certain title, I might use the title of that property just to make sure that they do want it still that property and they're still interested in it and they do remember. And so once they do and they remember, I will make sure to let them know anything that they want first. It's important to give before you receive. So 
I don't want this to sound like I'm interrogating them or I'm questioning them. I definitely want them to feel like I'm here to help them maybe learn some more information. So usually what I'll do is I ask them, do they have any questions about the property specifically? Any questions? So there might be some questions on does the property have a fenced backyard or things that are probably on the listing anyways, which I, I'm fine with. I mean, sometimes they, they need to refresh their memories, but they might also have some other questions like is the rent flexible or can they pay a little bit less? And the answer is always no. <laughs> rent is not negotiable unless it's up. So I will answer whatever questions they have. And then what I'll do is I will share afterwards some more information about the property i'll really iterate some of the features i do like to give before i receive but it just lets their guards down a little bit and it allows them to feel like we're having more of a conversation versus me just asking them a bunch of questions so after that piece though that's probably about three four minutes in i ask them if it's okay if i can ask them a few questions in return and by, and by then i find that they've opened up a little bit and so here are the questions that I actually ask and you guys can ask them in different orders if you want, but these are the ones that I like to get out of the way. First and foremost, just because if it's not the right fit, at least you're still on the phone at this point, they really don't know how to get a hold of you yet. So it is important to find this out. So some of the things that I do ask are things like, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your family? Just an open ended question where it's not just a yes or no answer, but they're actually opening up about themselves, who would be moving in, etc. Um, and then I will ask them, why are you looking to move? So why are they looking to move? And there needs to be a good reason. So maybe they want a bigger space or maybe they're moving from a different area for a different job. But if they don't seem like they have a specific or good reason, I always wonder if it's because they're being evicted. So that's a good question. It could actually tell you some great insight. When is your ideal move-in date is another question I ask because if a tenant is a good planner, they're not going to need to move in tomorrow or in a week from now. And of course, there's always circumstances and things like that. But for the most part, a good tenant will want to give a landlord at least 30 to 60 days notice before moving. So that's ideal for me to hear that 30 to 60 days. And where do they live now? So do they know the area well, or maybe they are in a different neighborhood and they want to move into this specific neighborhood. I like to know if they're from town or out of town. And then I'll ask them if they're familiar with a specific neighborhood or the specific streets, potentially their kids go to school in the area and maybe that's why they want to move to be closer to the school. Could be any reason. And then I'll also ask them, ideally, how long would you plan on living in the home? So I don't want lifers personally in my properties because in Ontario, we can only raise rents in this year. It's 1.8%. So I actually look for, believe it or not, somebody that says anywhere between like two, three, maximum five years. And, they, and ideally they have a goal to either purchase their own property or whatnot. But if somebody's like, I'm looking for my forever home, at some point I'm gonna fall so far behind on what the market rent is that it just doesn't make sense for me to take a risk on a lifer. They could be the greatest tenants in the world, but in Ontario, I can't speak for every single market, but in Ontario, it just makes so much more sense to be able to have new tenants every two to five years, even if that means 
a little bit of vacancy, right? So just think about that. It is not always about having tenants that want to stay forever. So that's definitely a question I do ask. And then I'll ask them if they have any pets, what kind of breeds. Usually they would have answered that in the original Kijiji or Craigslist ad, but I like to reiterate it just to make sure everything's consistent. And I also like to rule out any dangerous breeds. So there are some breeds that the insurance companies may or may not choose to insure. And so it's important to double check if it's like a pit bull or something that is known as a dangerous breed. And then I'll also ask them if there's any smokers in the household. Oftentimes they will say either yes or no, but if they say yes, maybe they'll offer, oh, I don't smoke in the house or I smoke outside. Well, I mean, it's really up to you guys, smokers or people that smoke, you can actually say yes or no to smokers. It's not like one of those protected classes. So I personally prefer non-smokers, but again, I do have some tenants that do smoke. It's not horrible as long as they really understand the rules. But I, I will give, if I have two applications and they're both equally as good, I'll usually give it to the non-smokers. Because regardless, even if they smoke outside, somehow still comes inside the house at some point, even if it's on clothing, etc. And then I'll also ask them, tell me what you currently do with yard work or gardening and snow shoveling. Would you like, would you mind doing any of that upkeep and those tasks or, or any of those things concerned to you? That's important too, because with single family properties, my expectation is the tenants do the gardening and the yard work. Multifamilies are a different story, but for a single family property, I would ideally like somebody that is excited about yard work or gardening, etc. So make this flow like a conversation, ideally not an interrogation. And you can add some like nice supporting friendly comments, some follow-up questions to their answers so that it, it's not like question, answer, question, answer, but it's a, a conversation around those questions. So I definitely would recommend that you, you do the phone screening before you show the property. After I do ask the questions though, I do talk about the procedure and the thoroughness. So one of the things that I would recommend that you do is you do this after you ask the questions. So what you could do at this point is that mention that you're a professional landlord and when they see the property, if they like it, there will be an application form that they can fill out. Okay. One application per person that's over 18 and that I will be completing a full background check, which includes a credit check, current and past landlord references, proof of income, ideally three times the rent in order not to strap anyone. And I asked them afterwards, after I mentioned those things, do you have any concerns with any of this? And this is quite funny, funny, not really funny, but this is where they open up and you hear about credit issues, issues with past landlords. I've heard people in the past telling me that they've gone to the board and their landlord and them, they probably wouldn't give them a good reference. Like this is awesome when you know that they have no way of reaching out to you afterwards because they still don't really know how to reach you, email you, phone you. So you're still in the clear. This is why I do not show until, I don't show properties until I at least get through this. So here's the thing. If I don't like their answers, I can nicely just let them know that I will reach out to them as soon as I know what the dates are for the showings, leave it with me and I'll get back to you. And then literally no one is going to get mad at you for being a disorganized landlord, but in your opinion, or in the, in the case, you just decided that, hey, this person is not for you, but you don't wanna give them a right, a specific reason, because you don't wanna get in trouble. 
So if you don't like them at this point in time, just act like the disorganized landlord. Hey, you know what? Thanks so much. It was great to talk to you. I have all these notes here. I'm going to be scheduling some viewings in the next couple weeks. I will call you back when that time comes and just never call them back. So if you, that's what you do, if you don't like them, anything that I completely rule out. So any prior eviction, to be honest, I don't care what the story is. You've been evicted at the board. They're not coming into my unit, no matter what. Um, any poor me or victim story or somebody needing to move right away. It's always a red flag for me. Just where we live, we just have our, our pickings of many different options. So usually that's not going to be my favorite prospect. So if you've got a poor me victim story mentality, hey, it's, it's cool, like I'm sorry. <laughs> but at the end of the day, there's always two sides to every story. I don't know the other side. So it's a little bit tough to, to make the call on that one. And then any landlord bashing is also a red flag. Doesn't mean I'm going to completely rule them out. But again, there's always two sides of the story. And if they're saying that about the other landlord, I mean, like really whose fault was it? And what are they going to say about us to the next person? So I don't know. So if you do like them though, if you do like them, then what I would do at this point in time is set up a time for the viewing, have them view the property and ensure that you at least have like five to eight different prospects viewing within 10 minutes apart so that you're not just driving to your place and for one tenant that doesn't show up, right? So if you actually decide, okay, you know what? Come at one o'clock and then the next person you see, you can tell them to come at 110 or you can have two or three different families come at the same time. It just time is so valuable and that's usually how I would do them. So I would have 10 minutes apart and I would have at least five to eight different uh, families coming through to see the property on the same day at around the same time. So when I do like the prospects and I am setting something up, what I'll do is I'll create an email that I don't use except for something along these lines and I will give this email out to them. So if they can't make it for whatever reason, they can send me an email. This is also where they would send an application to. So for example, I might create an email with my initials, propertymanagement at gmail.com or whatever other email that I don't really use for them to be able to A, give me any update on them not being able to come or coming or any applications after the fact. So that is step number two. And at this point, by the time that you really are screening people through to see your house and your property, you've already screened a lot of them out. So it just helps you get to that right tenant. So the first two steps, guys, so important. When somebody is interested in your property, don't book a showing right away. Do the Kijiji or the Craigslist screening first, screen everybody out that can't respond to your questions and do this phone screening. It is going to save you a ton of time in the long run and a ton of headaches as well. So hope you guys enjoyed that. That was step number two to my screening process, or should I say screening out process of tenants. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. My email is sarah at sarahlarby.com. 
And there is also on my website, some more information that you can grab some free information you can download on the tenant screening, or you can go to the Udemy course that has all of the steps as well with more detail. And if you just go to Udemy and you just type in my name, you'll be able to grab the information there as well. So thanks guys. Hope you enjoyed the solo episode and step two to tenant screening.